All right, here we are. Here I am. Here we go. Uh, it is another day. It is another dollar. Maybe. Well, we'll see. Uh, this is for the win. I am Eric Winalda coming to you from the Blue Wire Studios here in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, boy. I, look, there are very few times in my life where I feel like I might geek out. Uh, and, and today's one of those days. Um, one of a, one of somebody that I, I pay attention to who's a, a multi-layered human being uh, has his own podcast called uh, Walking the Floor. Uh, his name is Chris Shiflett. Uh, he is the guitarist uh, of, for Foo Fighters. And if you're a fan of the band like I am, uh, then you're a fan of this guy. He is a recent Hall of Famer. Uh, he will be touring with his own band uh, over the new year. I, I think it is like the 30th and the, and the 1st. And I'm going to make sure that I get a night out with the wife to go catch that. But also in Vegas tonight, I will be at the Foo Fighters concert uh, enjoying that. But let me bring him in. I got questions. You got to tell me, first and foremost, um, when did that start with Arsenal? Because yes, we have a mutual friend in Nick. And, and you know, if you can imagine, Nick was my producer when I worked for Fox. So I had that guy in my ear. Uh, <laughs> I had him yeah. going, you know, in between the breaks going, Eric, you're having a shocker. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> that was well, always yeah, fun. You know, I've, I've known Nick since, since I was really young. He right. was good friends with, um, with my brother, Steve-O. And um, I think that he dated a gal that Steve-O was good for. I, some, somehow or another, way back in like, high school or maybe even junior high or something. I've known since then here and there. Um, but it wasn't until much later. Like, I didn't grow up following football or soccer, you know, like like at, at all. Like, I don't know how old you are. I'm like 50. And no, you're 71. Kid, I'm 69. Yeah, we're, we're really close. Okay. Well, yeah, so you know, like, I mean, I don't know what it was like for you. I think you, you obviously soccer was was more of a dominant theme in, in your life but for me when i was a kid like like i played ayso just like everybody else it seemed like everybody played ayso right. you know i did and but i didn't know anybody that followed the game or knew anything about it i don't re recall ever seeing like any footage of you know arsenal or man united or any no. european clubs or even south american clubs or mexican clubs. like i just don't remember that being a thing that anybody really knew about. So it seemed like everybody played it, but nobody followed it. And I was just like that. And it wasn't until a little bit later, like th really through rock and roll and punk rock, you know, uh, you'd see bands wearing their teams, right. you know, European bands and, and English bands and stuff. Um, and like wearing uh, football scarves and all that sort of thing. And, and so I, I, I think that's where I first got, kind of got intrigued by like, what is that? It just seemed like some, you know, exotic, right foreign thing that all these people that I worshipped were into. So I just wanted to know what it was. And then really the reason it was Arsenal, they became Arsenal for me was, was um, when Johnny Rotten from the Pistols put out, um, he put out a, a, an autobiography in the early nineties and um, growing up in North London and, and being an Arsenal supporter. And so I just went, okay, that'd be, if I ever got into that, like that'd be my team. You know, right, right. But it wasn't, but it wasn't even really then, because like you know, it was it was hard to even you know you had to like wake up at four in the morning and go to go to a pub or something to to watch a game back then. So it's it wasn't like I was really following it. I just sort of had an interest in it. And then when I started touring, I was in a I was in a before I was in the Foo Fighters, I was in a band from Sunnyvale. Uh, I was living in San Francisco at the time. This like in the mid '90s, and I was in this band that was from Sunnyvale called No Use for a Name, and the singers parents were english and he him and his brothers were all really into football and he like followed it for real right. 
And um, and we were on the first time I ever went on tour over to the UK. We had a day off in London, and um, um, and he, his family, his like I want to say like his dad or someone was a Derby County supporter. So it just so happened that Derby County was playing Tottenham on our day off in London. And we just bought some cheap seats. And so ironically, like the first game I ever went to was a Tottenham game at White Hart Lane. <laughs> no way. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just the whole vibe that, I mean, you know, you've been to games over there. It's, it's a different kind right. of like sporting experience to what you're used to in the States. And I didn't, it, to be honest, I was like a music like kid growing up. I wasn't in even into sports, any sports, you know? Um, and uh, and and so like getting off the train and you're in the in the in the train station everybody's got singing songs and you're drinking beer and you go out there and it's just like the the streets are flooded with people and all in the same thing and then you go get into the stadium people are it was like it felt like like those games feel like pretty close to like rock and roll you know it's like punk rock everybody's singing the whole time and it's just got this different thing so I just thought it was the coolest thing ever and and sort of sort of started to, to try to follow it a little bit then and, and, and get into it. And it just happened that, you know, that was like whatever, like the mid to late nineties and Arsenal was a really good team. Like one of the, just, you know, I could have just as easily had picked QPR or something and, right. and, and, and then that would be that, but it just so happened that like, they were like one of the dominant teams and in, in, in English football. So um, I've just been kind of, kind of hooked on it since. Did you ever get a chance to uh, sit or talk to Arsene Wenger at any point? Cause he's, he's a great guy. Yes. How was yes. that? Okay. So this was crazy. So the, um, I got invited to a fundraiser a few years ago at Emirates and this was sort of towards the end of his time, um, in charge. And, uh, it, it was, I always remember it cause it was, we had played, it was the night we played Letterman's last show. And, um, and I, I actually skipped going to the after party and went and got on a red eye and flew to London and went to this fundraiser at the Emirates. And it was like the whole first team was like walking around um, at this thing. It was crazy, you know, just to see all those guys. And then there are all these people there. And and um, and, and I got to actually kind of sit and have a, a chit chat with, with Arsene Wenger. But, and he just kind of threw out some like, you know, classic like, you know, pearls of wisdom about football or whatever. But I was so, you know, like kind of overwhelmed that, that I, I don't even remember what. If I asked him anything or what we what we talked about, I was just sitting there going, "Oh my god, it's right, I know. check it out." Yeah, I um, the thing is, like, I geek out like um, every once in a while. And I I might geek out at some point today because I am a huge fan of yours. But the uh, the other time I geeked out was Wayne Gretzky for all the obvious reasons. He he lives and he lives in oh, yeah. like, so I got to watch a um, um, a Champions League game with him, and it was hilarious because at one point the other team was down, and and he goes, "Why don't they just pull the goalkeeper?" And they just go for it. And, and I said, well, once you take him out, you can't, you can't put him back in. He goes, well, that sucks. I, I thought that was hilarious. And then I, I guess the other, the other time I totally geeked out was music because um, it was Larry Mullen Jr. for the, the drummer for YouTube. Oh, yeah. And so they had caught a game at Lansdowne Road in uh, you know, early 90s. Um, and I got to meet the band. Uh, I guess The Edge was off dating Naomi Campbell or something crazy but um mm. I, I got to sit there and talk to larry mullen about football and it's i had a similar experience because i this is like musically uh, you know listening to the band and they were so causal and you know i i literally had my hair spiked with the white tips and the leather jacket and the white t-shirt and the jeans and the boots and i thought i was larry mullen jr at one point i think i freaked him out because he was like dude you're 
Yeah, you, you did take a little bit too far, but I, I know what you, I know what that's like. Arsene Wenger, a wonderful, wonderful man. I have not met him personally um, outside of asking a couple questions on a Zoom call last year, but um, I'm glad you got that mm. experience. Cause, and you picked a great team because well, it's such a great club. Well, you know, that's it's a funny thing with those kind of, you know, when, you, when you're in, like, you know, like our band does, has, we've been a band for a long time and get to go do all this crazy stuff and play at the Grammys or whatever, you know, you meet all these people along the way, but you know how that is, like, rarely do you ever have like a real kind of meaningful in-depth conversation because if somebody that's a legend like that walks into the room, everybody else in the room wants yeah. to have that moment too. So it's like everybody just kind of gets in their face and, 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 and overwhelms them. Um, but yeah, like I think the only time that I've ever really had a moment to pause and kind of like really get there with one of those guys, I, I, I just, randomly sat next to Jimmy Page at this uh wow. at this dinner once. And yeah, I mean, you know, for obviously for any guitar player, that's like the you know, the king of the wall. So um I just I was lucky enough to draw that seat and I was like just sitting there going, Oh, oh my what god, a cool what am deal, I gonna man. that's so what yeah, like what? What am I going to talk to this guy about? Like, I can't sit here and fanboy out on him about Led Zeppelin stuff because there's that was I I was like I knew that that was going to be a no go, so I like just sat there for a minute. Go, wow, what can I talk to him? And I was like, oh, rockabilly. Let's I'm going to bug him about rockabilly, and they had like such a great conversation with him about you know because he's at that age that that grew up listening to all those old rockabilly bands. So it was so cool. No, I was I was you know going through the uh, the guests you've had on your podcast, uh, walking the floor. And Brian Setzer was one that set, that stood out to me because yeah. of, of who he was when I was growing up, hair piled high and all that stuff. But then how yeah. he kind of turned his career into so much more. So, but I mean, if I had to ask you something totally. in, in regards to, um, in, 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 to guitars, uh, who, outside of Jimmy Page, I mean, who else kind of was an influencer that resonated with you? Well, you know, I had older brothers that had that were listening to everything you would expect older brothers in the in the 1970s to be listening to. You know, my right. house was just like full of full of rock music. You know, the Stones and the Beatles and Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and you know all that stuff, Judas Priest and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're, you're speaking my me, language right now, by the way. I mean, <laughs> Tony Iommi was like to me, you know, oh, me and yeah. my brother. It was like. And then at one point we were like, hold on, he lost a finger. Wait, what? That we couldn't figure out right, yeah. how great he was. I but mean, it's that a was, couple. yeah, yeah I, it's a couple. Was, I don't know what the accident yeah. was, but uh, yeah. So keep going because those are, that's my language. I, I went to go see Iron Maiden and Judas Priest at uh, the Irvine center way, way back. And, uh, in, nice. I don't, and, and like Steve Harris, but he's, he's one of you. He's another guy that, that plays yes. the game and, oh. and he's amazing. Dude. I was in a, I was playing this pickup game um, a few years ago that I used to play in. And one of the guys there was, uh, was, was this Irish dude. And he goes, Hey, there's this band coming through town that, you know, next week. And they want to um, throw together a pickup game. It's this band, Iron Maiden. Any of you guys want to play? I was like, me, <laughs> Yo, me, I'll, yes. play. I'll play. And it was rad, man. It was, it was, uh, it was like, I guess they do that. You know, we kind of do that on, on Foo Fighter tours with me and, and a bunch of the guys on our crew and whoever we can corral from the opening band. Sometimes if you get, you know, 
some opening bands, some British bands or something, or they're, you know, bands from just about anywhere. Um, usually have a couple people in there that, that play soccer. And, and so we'll throw together these pickup soccer games. So, That's so, um, cool. so, uh, yeah, I thought it was so cool to see that Iron Man did that. And, um, and it was, it was, so it was like Steve, uh, Steve Harris and like, um, you know, so it was like exactly the same kind of thing we do. It was like him right. and like some of their crew. I don't think like, Bruce you know, plays I think though. Maybe Dickens, like his kid or something. I don't think Bruce Dickinson no, plays. No, nobody maybe else from the band. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, but I, apparently, yeah. apparently, way back when, Steve Harris was good. I mean, he actually had a, a, yeah. a realistic shot at being a pro, and he at some point made that choice. But I remember watching. I think it was behind the Iron Curtain. Was the name of this video that came out years ago. And I was such a, a, you know, believe it or not, I had hair down the middle of my back. I thought I thought I was Joe Elliott for about a good three years there. But the, uh, the you know, I, I remember seeing that video and watching Steve Harris play. And, he, and back then he was in his 30s. And, man, the dude could play. He was really good. So it, it just, it, I, I'll never forget that. Because I wonder how many more there are that could actually play. Everybody knows right. Rod Stewart, you know, had a... He, he had a team in L.A. for a long time, and he's got a residency here now in Vegas. Yeah. But um, he wasn't bad. He just kicked the hell out of people. But he's, he's a good dude. There's, but I, I don't know, I don't know yeah. how many more people um, would, you know, how many musicians would be, would be into that. That's so cool that you guys do that. I think it's a lot because along the way, like, you know, the guys from the Struts have come out and played with us, you know, like uh, the singer from the Strokes comes out and plays with us something or has, you know. Um, That's cool. There's a, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting probably a ton of people, but yeah, it's, I think it's pretty common, you know, Yeah, I, especially I, if, if it's like a band from, from overseas or, you know, South America or anywhere where like, it's a more dominant thing culturally. Well, LA, LA's got a crew too. I mean, there's uh, you know, like Vinnie Jones, but he's more of a, um, a, you know, an actor. And then Robbie Williams is, is, is big time into it. Gavin Rosdale is not bad. He's not bad at all. He's got ten, his problem is, is he's, he's got, fit. He's he's got tennis feet though. You know what I mean? That's what I call it, tennis feet. When your shoes are like two sizes too big, and you you know you. So wow. I, I, and Gavin's, but but he's good. Um, who else? I dude, I've got I've got tennis feet then. <laughs> I'm like five foot six, and I wear a size ten. That's my problem. That's there why I'm so terrible on the pitch. You just diagnosed it. You what? know, I will tell you, I had the funniest experience. I don't know if you have kids. Like I've got kids. And, you know, I played, like I said, I played AYSO growing up from like, you know, all through elementary school. And like right about the time that I started playing guitar, I pretty much stopped doing anything yeah. athletic whatsoever. And, and then I started playing, like I started uh, getting interested back in it, like in my mid twenties or so. And so I started trying to play in pickup games and I was so baffled. Like, wow, I remember I loved soccer growing up. I don't know how to play. I mean, I literally <laughs> don't have any idea what I'm, and I, and I watch the games and I think I know what, I, what you're supposed to do, but then I get out on the pitch and I get the ball and I panic and I, and I just yeah. kick it and I, you know, <laughs> give it away. Like what is wrong? I have no soccer IQ. And I figured it out once I had kids that you don't really like, I quit playing soccer in about the sixth grade and you don't really get good until about like yeah, middle school. Older. Right. So I think I, I was, I never got past that, that stage where it's just like, a swarm of kids chasing the ball. <laughs> and I still play like that at age 50. <laughs> That's the problem. As long as you're, you know, just to, just to, so you know, I've got six kids, man. So I, you know, mm. yeah. So I'm, I went through wow. the full spectrum. I mean, you got boys though. You don't have girls, right? I, I did a little yeah. research here. No, all boys. Yeah. I got four yeah. girls, two boys. And uh, it is the full spectrum of, of, you know, when, 
my oldest was a pretty good player. She went all the way to high school and whatnot. And then she discovered medicine, and that you know it went from being a forty thousand dollar a year scholarship to being forty two grand a year to go to school. So that that kind of sucked. <laughs> my son, my um, uh, he's he's twenty now. He is he's a magician. That's what his love was. And then my my seventeen year old uh, is a soccer player. Through and through, there's this nut. It's just one line. There's there, she's a, she's funny and she has a personality. She does TikTok stuff and all that crap, but she uh, she's she's all in on the soccer. I have a twelve, five, and six. So, so I've I've covered it all, dude. I, I it's yeah. My advice to people uh, is don't get divorced so you end up with three more. That's that's what happened to me. <laughs> so I, I I ended up with a full team. But, uh, that's good advice. But it's yeah. it, it's true. You, when you were describing what you went through. Um, Soccer-wise is kind of what I went through musically. I tried desperately to be a drummer. The whole Larry Mullen Jr. thing, that was real. I, but, man, I just couldn't keep time. And I just threw the sticks down one day and said, I can't do this, and let's sell the set. And that, that was actually a really sad day because I was recognizing, shit, I just can't do this. But uh, my brother played guitar. My sister's a pretty good singer. Music is in our family. It's in our blood listening to it, whatever, and, um, and all that stuff. But I think it's, there's such a connection when you really think about it with, with music and sport. And, and I, love oh, that. Yeah. I, love it. I love that it's Johnny Rotten, by the way, that Johnny Rotten was the one that talked. <laughs> That's so great. Because I've been in television as long as I have. I played in Germany. So I've never picked an EPL team. It, it was almost a, a curse. If I did oh, really? it, yeah, I can't. Because if I do, it's just... It, it, you know, and I've got a divided house. I got Chelsea fans. I got an Arsenal fan. I got a couple Manchester United fans, which is why I got to get you off uh, off the air here in about uh, thirty minutes because I know they're playing Man United. I promise not to take you yeah. too long. Good game today. But it's it's it. I love the the the, the connection that music has always had to um, to, uh, to to football. But hey, I want to talk to you about something else uh, really quick, and 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 it is it is about kids. Um, because it, I, I originally thought that maybe you had to make this big decision, football or, or music, but it sounds like it was always music. It, is that the way it was for you? Yeah. It's funny. That is a, um, that is a, in recent years, there's been this, like, cause I've been asked this a few times here and there in interviews, there's been like this internet, uh, like fake story out there that. That I like, like you know, Steve Harris from Iron Man. Like, I had to make a choice: is it going to be this or this? Yeah. And that was never. I, it just makes me laugh because, like, <laughs> I was I I only played AYSO. Like, I never even played club football. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I it was never an an issue. I was never like uh, like an elite level athlete of any kind. And I always imagine like the guys that I play in like adult league and stuff like that with like if they ever hear that rumor they'd be like what the fuck are people talking <laughs> that guy that guy had to make a check i never had to make a choice it was only guitar for oh him. my god i i can't pl- <laughs> dude i can't play pickup anymore i'm just too old but uh and i had too many surgeries but it is funny when 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 we would go and play some of those games in santa monica you know those small-sided co-ed games and then there's always one guy that it's just world cup now and i and they would kick the crap out of me I mean, I couldn't even enjoy it right. anymore. So that was that was the only well, da- downside. Okay, that's interesting. I've I've seen this with with professional athletes before, and I'm I'm curious, like, what your take on this is, because like there was a guy that um, came out on tour with us that had played professional 
football and he was like a, a, a nowadays he's like does like he's like a physio um and uh and we got we were so excited like, oh man we're gonna get freddie out to play with us you know he's gonna be like the star of the team and for him to come play with a bunch of jackasses like us just wasn't fun like you know what i mean like he'd like it's got to be like high level and for some real stakes. Or no, just I'm, I'm the opposite. That was my sense. I mean, he never said it. No, oh, okay, I'm the okay. opposite. So you can still, because it seems like with, with former professional athletes, it's pre- like in any sport, it's it's pretty common that like after the after their career, they like hate working out. Oh, hate no, training, no. You know, like kind of like, okay, just, well, that's good to hear. That's good no, to hear. So no, you can okay. still enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. I, I made this joke, and, and I, I, I think I coined this phrase, when the level gets this low, I rise to it. That's, that's what I tell people. <laughs> because because when, when you go out, and, you, and, and if I stay true to what I really believe about the sport, it's all about expression. And I, and I think that that's one of the things that's the similarities with, with, with music is to be able to express yourself. And, and that's who you are. And it, 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 to, to, to tell people that I don't enjoy, you know, playing, you know, the game at a lower level, I th- actually would argue at some point, at some times, I, I do argue this, the next level of thinking or playing is being able to decipher who you can pass the ball to and how you need to pass the ball to that person in a millisecond. That is what the game is and understanding the personalities of the players that are on the field with you and against you. And that's, so, that's just a, that's the way I see the game. And I, I get so much enjoyment out of, you know, when, when, I was, when I was still playing in my 30s and whatnot, we'd play in these games where we would literally have somebody who wasn't the level. They couldn't really play at a high level. And, and it didn't necessarily have to be a man or a woman. It didn't matter. It just was always one that was on the team. It was like, look, I suck. I'm sorry. And we would, and basically what I would do is like, just park your ass in front of the goal. I'll dribble everybody and find you and you score. And that's, and I got so right, much joy right. out of that. So I don't understand Freddie's uh, uh, take on that because it's it just it, it, it's it's almost arrogant yeah. to do that. That would be like that would be like you sitting down with uh, an eight year old kid who's trying to learn the guitar and go, "God, oh, kid, you're doing it all wrong. You suck." I mean, you would never do that. You would never say that to a kid. Well, yeah, but uh, but I also wouldn't want to play with that kid necessarily. <laughs> 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 I get it. I get it. But it's, it's, yeah. I understand where that's coming from. But I mean, look, I, uh, again, you guys are, you guys are on, um, tonight. Uh, I get to see that line. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you this about, um, being back in front of, uh, an audience because you mentioned in your last podcast on, uh, walking the floor that David Sirota was on your show and, that was the first time yes. you had an in, in-person meeting because you've been doing all this stuff. But yeah. what's it been like to be back on the stage with real fans or into your music, man? That's That's got to feel good. It's been a while. The shows themselves are great. Yeah. And, you you know, of course, you get a real sense that people, especially when we, you know, because we first started doing shows, I guess, what, in, in the spring or something like that. Um, so that that initial wave of shows that we did, you, you there really was a sense of, like, um, just people were so happy to be out of the right. house and hearing some live music again and, and, and just out and about living. Um, and, uh, and, and so the shows themselves are fantastic. It's everything kind of around traveling and, and yeah. being out there. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's different and, and not like we normally do it. You know, obviously everybody's got to have like all sorts of, COVID protocols and, and all that stuff that you got to do to try to keep everybody healthy and, and safe. Um, so, and, and, you know, 
a lot of what we generally do is 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 like international touring. We haven't been able to do any of that. Right. Um, so we did like one run in the I forget exactly like sometime in the summer, a couple weeks of like out in the Midwest where we were on tour buses, and it was like being on tour, like regular tour. Yeah. But the strangest thing is we just you know most of what we've been doing, we've been really pretty active and doing a lot of shows and doing a lot of stuff. Um, but it's like you know like kind of what we're doing like right now, like going out we're flying out for a couple of shows and then coming back and flying out and coming back like you know we fly to vegas tonight we come back tonight we fly to vegas on saturday we come back saturday we fly to sacramento next week we come back we fly to fresno then we fly to abu dhabi for a one-off gig and then come you know it's sort of like that so it's like it's like you're busy and and you're you're moving around and you're playing shows and you're doing stuff and that's cool but it's but you're never in that like the normal sort of rhythm yeah. of being on the road where you go out for two or three weeks and come home for two weeks or whatever. And, you know, to the point that, like, even this morning I was trying to, like, give my kids hugs. Okay, I'm not going to be here later. You know, I got to go. And they're like, Dad, you're coming home tonight. Dude. Yeah. Like, Relax. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't have time to – we won't even notice that you're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> but, that, I mean, yeah. where are they with their – I mean, as a dad. I mean, let me ask you that. As a dad with their um, – because that must be so cool to have you as a dad. But if – and maybe they, you know, we, I, I keep know, telling them. Yeah, I know, but it's like it, it, it's, it's kind of. Uh, I tell my wife funny stuff like that too. I'm like, you know, you're sleeping next to a legend. You do realize that, you know, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't usually fly. Oh, and by the way, it, yeah. uh, congratulations, Hall of Famer. We're just two Hall of Famers just oh, having a conversation you. here. That's that's what hey, we're doing, man. Just a couple of guys, you know, in the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Though. I was really really happy to see that. But when you talk to your boys. Thank you. What do they, what's their take on all this? And what, what's their direction? I mean, because that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a pocket that you got to be cognizant of as a dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, God, there's so many layers to it. Like, so my kids have all grown up in this, you right. know? So it's so different. Like, cause you try, you know, as a parent, you're always sort of shut, like filtering your kids behavior through the your own childhood yeah kinda, you yeah know? well when i was a kid i did this and it's a, that's the thing that i always have to check myself on because like when i was a kid my parents weren't touring musicians like you know what i mean <laughs> like the whole thing it was my look like, we were in a completely different like socioeconomic place so true. and you know and yep. and like the 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 music world was like a mystery to me and that's a big part of i think what drew me to it whereas my kids have grown up in it and um and it's I saw each one of them kind of like reckon with like that thing in their own way. And you you also gotta remember, like, I'm not, you know, um uh Kanye West or something. Like I, I we don't have that level of fame. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm you'd have to really be a hardcore Foo Fighter fan to to maybe recognize me. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's sort of a it's sort of a good balance. It's like the best of both worlds where they've gotten to have this great life and travel the world and see everything. But it's not like, you know, I don't get mobbed at the mall or something like that. You know, I'm just Which is actually a blessing, man. It's, it's, it's actually it's, it's it a, is it's a blessing. an absolute blessing for sure. But I but I definitely saw each one of them kind of have that moment in their own way at a certain age. And it was all about the same age, you know, somewhere in the towards the end of elementary school where like. You know, maybe a kid at school had a Foo Fighter shirt on or like, you know, I remember yeah. seeing, finding one of my sons, I think it was my youngest at one point, like Googling my name and looking at all the stuff on the Internet that came, you know, just sort of having that. Yeah. Wow, my dad's got a weird job. You know, what is this? You know, this is kind of a trip. You know, why? Why do people want to take a selfie with them? That's weird. You know, like that, that whole thing, you know, like so. 
Um, but I think they're for all you know all that to say that that I think that they are pretty well adjusted. And you know, we my wife and I really decided like I don't know so much that we decided. I think we're just on the same page with this. Like I keep my like my kids have been around our band plenty, you know, we, we all, we all bring our kids out generally in, yeah. on these summer tours and it turns into a big, you know, traveling family circus. And so they've gotten to see it and everything, but like we kept our kids pretty like domestic and on schedules and like not, they didn't grow up leading right. like, a crazy life. They were pretty grounded, like, you're playing little league, you're playing AYSO, you're going to school with this. We go to bed at this time. You do your homework kind of just boom, boom, boom kind of thing. And that was, that was important to me. You know, we we're raising our kids in LA. That's weird. You know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, I I don't want to bad mouth LA or whatever, but it's, you know, there's, there's, it's a different environment than I grew up in for sure. Um, and, um, with some highs and lows and of all kinds of stuff. And, and, uh, but I think they're really good kids, and and they all seem to have good heads on their shoulders, and they're they're smarter than I ever was, that's for sure. So <laughs> sounds it, like yeah, they've got a good it's, dad. It's cool. He sounds like a good dad had a good mom. That's that's important. I mean, look, I, and one of the things that you know, sometimes I do public speaking, and I've witnessed other people go talk to you know the, this young generation, and the biggest mistake that they make is to actually stay, say out loud as an older person, not that we're old, old, but to, but to say, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. No, you don't. You have no idea right. what it's like to be 14, 15, 16, 17 years old in this day and age. Even an eight, nine-year-old, they, they, they have so much access to trouble. We, we had Pong, and that was it for video games. We, that was, that's all we had, right? So, yeah. and, and when it was time to come home, nobody sent me a text message. They honked the horn twice, right. and that's, that was my time to, to, yeah. to come home for dinner. So, I mean, I, I, I get it, but I love to hear that because you strike me as a cool dad. I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's something that I don't have to deal with as a soccer personality so much. I mean, being a famous soccer player in America in the nineties was kind of like being a famous ping pong player. I mean, you know, nobody knew who the hell we were. It was like, it was like, so what? Yeah. A what? You know, but it's kind of like your youth experience. But I think, um, I think I'm always curious about that. And when it comes to raising children, having six of my own and how other people handle it, it sounds like you got, you got a good lock on that. So tonight, so you fly out, you come in, uh, is, uh, is the band coming from every direction and then you're just meeting here or what's, what's the story? No, we're, we're all based in LA, except actually our keyboardist lives in Vegas, so he doesn't have oh, to easy. travel at all. Right. Um, yeah, but, um, no, we're all based out in LA, you know, we have our studio here. LA has been like home base for, for Foo Fighters for since the, early 2000s i guess like when I, when I first joined in in 99 we all lived all over the place um but then just sort of one by one over the course of a few years everybody seemed to wind up in la and we've all been here you know for right a long on. time so yeah so you guys got your you got yeah. your set tonight you, you know what you, you know what you're playing not to let the cat out of the bag this is a podcast so it's not it's not ruining anything yeah. for anybody. Well, we'll we'll see. We actually um, we rehearsed yesterday and 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 worked up a few songs that we haven't been playing. So, oh, that's I think good. There might be. I think we're just we're just in that like moment where you know we've been doing pretty much the same set for about six months. And okay, it's time to time to mix it up a little bit. So we'll see. And well, we usually do that. You know, when we play two shows in a row in, in the same town, it's usually nice to do something a little different. You know, each night. All right. So, um, 
Is Wheels on in the set? That's my that's my go. I, I, that's my song. It's another that's, it's, it's another know, round so... for you. It's and I it, that seems I, I went through my own little phase in life, and <laughs> that song got me through it, man. That was uh, that well, was. You know, it's funny. It's it. It's funny because you mentioned having played in Germany and and supporting uh, a German football team. The only place that that was a popular song, I think, the only place that that single did well was in Germany. No way. And for years, that was that was the only place we ever played it. Um, we've sort we've then we started playing it. Um, just kind of it was just in the set for a while. It hasn't been. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I doubt it's gonna be in the set. That's tonight, okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll put that in the I'll put that in the suggestion box. No, I, honestly, I mean, I mean, I'm, I do love, um, I mean, times like these as, as a song, um, I went through something horrible with my daughter. Um, she, she was burned. She had a third degree burn on her back and it was an accident mm. that happened in the kitchen and it, it was devastating. Uh, she has a scar and, um, it, it, the song times like these are like, I, I would go on my run and I would try to like get my, clear my head. Right. And, and, and I just, and that was, I had to stop. I'd cry. It was just, it was amazing. It was but anyway, that's I know it must be weird for you to hear that, but but your guys' music it, it just resonates in a certain way, uh, different than than other bands. I, I I would I would argue that it just seems like it hits a chord, with uh, with hit, hit a chord with me for sure. But um, I'm sure you'll play times like these today. I mean, that that's probably on your in your set. That's got that be. I can guarantee you. All right. That I can guarantee well, don't you. do the yeah, SNL sure. thing and let Dave sing the whole thing. Just I want to hear the damn guitar from the start. <laughs> all right. That, that, I, um, I remember yeah, watching yeah, I that. It depends on what kind of mood. Yeah, it depends on what kind of mood Dave's in. So we'll, <laughs> yeah, I, we'll I, see. I, I, I hear not you. Sure. I, I hear you. I, I remember a couple times when that when that one opens the set. It's always that sort of that uh, the church version, and then when it's. Uh, when it's somewhere a few songs in, then we usually do it loud. So it d- depends on the order. Yeah, I got it. Um, in order for that song to make you know a difference to me, I got to hear the guitar first. I, that's that's just it's just me. Sorry, Dave. I don't I don't really I don't want to get into it. But okay, so I like it. I like a good. I support a guitar first approach. Yes, as a guitar player. Yes, I'm I'm totally yeah. I'm totally with you there. Well, listen, brother. Um, I don't. I want to let you go. Uh, I we do have an important day for Arsenal. Arsenal's got Man United. Real quick, does that feel good to be sitting in the in the table just a little higher than, little higher than uh, Manchester United and Tottenham right now? It does, but I tell you what, you know, it's it's been such a it's been a long time since Arsenal's really been like in the in the title fight or anything, and yeah. we, I, I, you know, I I I I'm trying to take a, a a sort of a cautiously optimistic view of it. You know, I, I'm. Of course, I would love to see them finish top four. I've have a hard time, you know, really thinking that that's going to happen. You know, it might this a lot, year. A lot it, of season left to go. Yeah, it, it could. It could. I think. I think. You know, that like we've we had a good run after those first few games um, of the season that were terrible. But um, and then I feel like that Liverpool game was a little reminder. Like, yeah, you're not there yet. You know. You're not, <laughs> you're not ready to really yeah. compete with with the with the elite of the elite. But um, you know who knows? We'll see. It's maybe the, like they'll. I don't know. I just try to go into it, like expect the worst, and if it's if we get a draw <laughs> or win, then I'll be happy with that. You know what I mean? But it's like they get maybe they get the new manager bounce, and well, who knows? We'll see. Oh I mean, God. I think it, they've got a more seasoned, more talented squad than we do. So if they can get a tune out of those guys. It, it won't be good news for us. No, but we'll we don't see. need to I make predictions. Arsenal does have some. Yeah. We, I think Arsenal has like, like a great young squad right now. And they're playing with a lot of oomph that they lacked for a long time. 
and uh, and hopefully they can keep it going. Well, listen, man, and enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the game. Uh, good luck tonight. Well, not luck, but uh, I'll be. I'm looking forward to seeing that live. I haven't seen you guys in forever, so this is going to be cool. And uh, hopefully, we get to do this in person at some point. That would be fantastic. I know. I know. I wish we were actually in Vegas for any amount of time. It would have been fun to actually sit and be in the same room. But I got a question for you before we wrap this up. All right. Because you you played for the San Jose Clash. Yes. Right? Okay. So at that time, that's when I was playing in that band uh, that was that was from Sunnyvale. Right? So that right. was sort of like their home team. Um, you know, when, and I remember, and I was living up in the Bay Area at that time when, when that team first started. Right. And I always wondered, because we actually, we thought it was the coolest team name ever. Because, of course, to us, we think The Clash. You right, know, the, right. The, the the band but i always wonder and we actually took the san jose class logo and ripped it off and stuck our name on it and you know sold t-shirts but um don't tell uh but uh, uh i always wondered if that if if that was in any way a reference to the clash so by, the, by whoever started the team well i i remember that no I, it wasn't it wasn't and, and we had a weird scorpion as a uh, which made no sense but um i do remember right. will you stand by me was one of our songs we we would play that uh the fans kind of uh brought that into the picture so we would listen to as our, our warm-up we would listen to the clash uh, which was cool okay. um and okay. i and i was somewhat of a clash fan um to a certain extent and they there were so many rumors about what actually happened, how we ended up being called the Clash. They're no longer the Clash. They're called the Earthquakes, which is, which is unfortunate right. because um, that it was really a Nike-driven thing. Nike, when, when the league started, they came out with all these crazy, goofy uniforms. They were trying to catch people's eye. They were trying to do something different, not traditional. If you notice, most of the teams that, um, that started in, in the 1996, it was this big movement to not have an S at the end of the name. So it was the mutiny. It was the clash. It wasn't, uh, it, it, it was the burn, you know, it was the whiz. It was, right. you know, and then, and then I think what killed it was that dude on ESPN goes, well, we got the clash and burn tonight. Um, at least we don't have the burn whiz. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think that crushed the idea of. Uh, but they like what new name? Yeah, yeah. Just, Let's get it, the earthquake in here. That yeah. branding didn't work, so we're going back to the well. But that's uh, that's that's what went down. That's cool that you you were up there. Hey, listen, I'm gonna catch you. Also, I'm gonna try uh, to get out there. You're gonna be out where on the New Year's Eve, and then on, on the thirtieth, I think your your band's gonna be in Santa Barbara. I'm gonna use yeah. that as a night away that's with right. the wife. So. Where, tell, oh, nice. tell me about that. Yeah, we're playing the Soho. Yeah, we're okay. So my my solo band is playing up in Santa Barbara at a club called uh, Soho, the Soho, uh -huh. up on uh, it's like uh, on the, on the, up on on State Street, and then um, and then we're gonna go open up for Donovan Frankenrider down at the Coach House down in uh, I think that's San Juan Capistrano on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day night. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to check that out. I mean, yeah. I. I we, I think I, I saw a collective soul in Santa Barbara with the Goo Goo Dolls because my wife loves the Goo Goo Dolls. But my wife, my wife is from Corona, so she's been known to put on a cowboy hat every once in a while. And I, and I noticed. Oh, in, there you go. Well, we. No, but hey, no, look, we're gonna be I, doing I, some country covers, man. Trust no, me. I, noticed, I got some pedal steel player. We're doing it. No way. So I noticed that, and oh, yeah. I was looking through the list of. I saw Merle Haggard in there, and I thought, well, that must have been cool yeah, when oh, you yeah. got a chance to chat with him. Amazing. 
Amazing. That, because that's like a in, in legendary guy that that you know there's just it's just an iconic um, uh, you know in in the industry. It must have been awesome. I gotta dude. I'm gonna catch up on uh, walking the floor. I'm I've, I'm always driving from Los Angeles to Vegas. It's five hours, so I'm gonna get uh, a boatload of your uh, your podcast. I, I can't wait to binge on that. Nice. Because I, I love the candor. Great. I love. I love the way you are. You're a, you're a good man. You're a good dad. And I can't tell you how much it means to me that, that you, you made the time for me to come on the show. So thank you, sir. Oh, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. You know, I was like talking music and stuff, but it's fun to talk about other stuff, too. Because right. we never get a chance to do that. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will do it again, my friend. And um, again, thank cool. you. Best, awesome. Give my best to the band. And I'll see you tonight. Yeah, I'll see you tonight, brother. All right, man. Take okay. care. You got it. Later. You know when you have those um, those moments where you say to yourself, "Okay, my expectations are here, of what I think this person is going to be like," and we all go through this when you meet somebody, and and there's always that a certain level of disappointment when you meet somebody who's a a rock star, or you meet somebody who's an actor, or a soccer player, or someone doesn't take advantage of those five minute five seconds that you actually get with them, and then that's the impression that you will have for the rest of your life. Very seldom does, you know, my expectations were very high with Chris because um, I've heard so many great things about him and I've been listening to his podcast and dude, he just he exceeded anything that, that um, um, I would have ever uh, expected. I mean, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, about what it's like to be a dad and, and he's, he's so humble and he's so real and he has opinions. If you listen to his podcast, uh, Walking the Floor, I mean, he brings in some elements of politics I didn't want to get into to that today uh, because it just wasn't appropriate. He just loves to talk about football and other stuff and being a dad and all, all the stuff that's real in his life. But this is a guy, if you listen to that podcast, he's not afraid. He's not, not afraid at all. To, and, and I'll use his words in his podcast to be brave, to be brave to, to, to have conversations and to be real and to, um, uh, to really throw yourself out there or to put yourself out there and and let people know what you're all about and it's just so cool because you know we mentioned it a little bit in the interview but chris is from santa barbara um grew up in santa barbara which is still the 805 to me if you know what 805 beer is uh, that's the firestone company they're, they're located in santa barbara that's all part of the 805 so i'm from westlake village and uh, thousand oaks which uh, which is only about you know 50 minutes if you just go straight up to 101 past oxnard and ventura and you end up eventually uh, in Santa Barbara. So the vibe that he has is something that's very familiar to me. He's just a chill guy. He just, he just loves to, to, to uh, he's just loving life. And if clearly understanding that he's blessed and he's, he's been a part of a lot of cool things, but he also is, is, is pushing the envelope a little bit. And I, I think that is so cool. I can't thank uh, Chris for coming on the show um, enough because uh, that was really cool. And being an Arsenal fan. Arsenal fan. I, to be honest, some of the Arsenal fans can get really annoying. They, they, they can get under my skin. I've had a couple people on Twitter that, that just won't leave me alone just because at some point, I, I think it was somewhere in the early 2000s, I said that uh, uh, that current Arsenal team looked more like a boy band than they looked like a soccer team. And boy, that, you would have thought, you know, that, that the world was going to end with some of these people. It's not all Piers Morgan. I mean, there's... There's some crazy Arsenal fans out there, and they uh, they let me know when I when I uh, was a little bit critical, a little bit critical. I was just making a joke, but he clearly is a great addition to the uh, Arsenal fandom. I, I think um, his stories were pretty cool. Listen to 
Tim, he kind of geeked out on Arsene Wenger because when you meet somebody like that, and it, certainly for him, um, that's kind of the reaction. I had to, Chris, but but when you meet somebody like Arsene Wenger, sometimes you don't even hear what they're saying. You're so busy trying to figure out what you're going to say next. We've all done that at a party, right? They go, hi, how you doing? And then they actually answer. And they start talking about something. And you're so busy trying to figure out, okay, what do I ask next that you didn't even listen to the answer? It's something that I was taught many years ago um, uh, when we were just a part of the U.S. national team. And this was their insecurities, really, with a bunch of you know, you know, kids that are barely in their 20s being introduced to the media for the first time. So we had media training. And it's called, and, and I'm not saying that he did this, or, or what, but I'm just going off on a tangent here. But one of the things that they, they is, it's called the cocktail rules. And what, what, when you are um, somebody who's a part of an organization and or a soccer team at that point, we were told to go into the room, okay? Now, these are sponsors. These are real people, but they represent Coca-Cola and MasterCard and Budweiser. And a, a friend of mine, Hank, Hank Steinbrecher, uh, used to always, um, who was the vice president of U.S. soccer, used to kind of lock, lock in on me and send me into these cocktail parties. And the rules were simple. Don't talk about yourself. Ask questions and remember what they say. Remember when you say, hi, how you doing? And, and, and they say, I'm doing great. How are you? I said, where are you from? Remember that. I'm from um, East Lansing, Michigan. Okay. I'm, it registers in your brain, right? And, and so you, you happen to be in St. Louis at, the, at that time, but you remember that this person's from Michigan. If you can build off of that, or find some synergy, you say, oh, I have a friend or I have a family member from Michigan, and then you let them talk. If they have kids, you ask what their kids' names are, and then you remember the names. And then at the end of the night, whether and you've talked to 20 other people and you happen to see that person, you say, oh, give my best to Stacy and Michael, your children. Those people know nothing about you, and they leave, you leave, and they think you are a wonderful person because you let them talk about themselves. And you remembered something about them. And now they feel that they know you. And those are the cocktail rules. You might want to remember that someday if you're in any kind of uh, situation where you might want to be trying to coerce a sponsor or someone like that to spend money on your podcast, for example. That's how you handle it. Anyway, that is it for today. Uh, Chris Shiflett was my guest. Uh, I can't wait to shut down and go listen to that all over again. Uh, you can also catch his podcast, which you can find in the same place you find this, this thing, uh, Spotify or Apple, uh, Walking the Floor, which is a really, really interesting uh, podcast. He's 200 in, so it's going to take me a while to catch up. I've only heard a few, but you might want to uh, give that a listen. That's Walking the Floor with Chris Shiflett. Uh, recent Hall of Famer, so he's got that hat to hang. A super cool dad uh, and a great listen. Uh, I really enjoyed him being a part of the program. I'm it. That's it for me today because i got to go be a dad. If I told you my schedule, you wouldn't believe it. I've got gymnastics, soccer practice, and somehow I've got to uh, figure out a way to make dinner and pack for my trip to Florida tomorrow. Yeah, you don't want that one. You don't want that one. Either way, this is it. Here we go. We're off to the next one. Blue Wire Studios tuning out. Eric Winalda for the win. We'll see you next time.